Hey, this is Kaz, and this is Nightmares at Midnight. You heard that right. It's the Kraken this week. As you can tell, I'm back. My voice is about 99% of the way back now, and it's just me on the podcast today. William had to return back to work now that his holiday leave is over and Violet returned back to school. So it's just me hanging out here on the podcast. So I figured we could start doing the sea creature, mythical ocean monsters, series that we're going to do. So the next few episodes will be that. Today's is obviously the Kraken. I was thinking maybe next week we could do the Leviathan. I do want to do some on sirens, on mermaids, maybe cover the Capricorn. We might cross over into the Loch Ness. We'll see once we get that far. But I'm going to do the usual spiel and then we'll jump right into it. So you're already here. So that means you're listening somewhere. Hopefully it's on the website, our Nightmares at Midnight podcast.buzzsprout.com website, so I can see that you're downloading the episodes, or it could be on Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Podcast Index, TuneIn Plus Alexa, Podcast Addict, or iHeartRadio. And hopefully you follow us on Instagram at Nightmares at Midnight Podcast, which I definitely need to be getting better at posting pictures and stuff on then facebook which is nightmares at midnight podcast and if you have ideas for episodes or sea creatures you'd like us to talk about email us at nightmares at midnight podcast at gmail.com and don't forget to go to patreon we have a patreon now it's patreon.com slash nightmares at midnight podcast where you can go and join groups and Your support helps these episodes continue and you get extra commentary from me. You get extra videos, extra pictures, extra information. You can have a one-on-one with me for information. So go ahead and hop over and check that out and see what kind of group you'd like to be a part of. And just remember that any little bit helps support the podcast. So thanks for tuning in. Please don't forget to share with your friends. You'd be surprised how many closet mythical cryptid fans there are. So please don't forget to do that. Before our commercial, I just want to give a real quick shout out to my top fan. I get messages every week and suggestions of what I should do and the excitedness of this fan. This young girl, she's about 12, 13 years old, and her name is Cece, and she follows every episode, listens to all of them, loves them, And I just want to give a shout out to her. I hope that you get to grow up and be a huge, cryptid, spooky fan like me. And thanks for listening. Kayla's Kitchen and Closet. 
downtown Park Falls is your local one-stop shop. Stop by the kitchen, open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., where they are serving up your favorites for breakfast and lunch, along with their always tasty lattes, frappes, desserts, and much more. The closet is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. They have everything you need from lounging at home to attending a special event, including jewelry, shoes, and accessories. Find the perfect outfit, a tasty treat, or just the right gift at Kayla's Kitchen and Closet downtown Park Falls or online at kaylaskitchenandcloset.com. Kayla and the crew are always there for you. So we're going to jump right into the Kraken. Strap in. This one's not going to be an hour long like the Skinwalkers. So here we go. So the Kraken comes from the Norwegian word krake, technically means octopus. And many tales talk of the Kraken, but sometimes there are stories that mention multiple giant cephalopods, so squid or octopus or the colossal squids, which we'll talk about all of those. Either way, this would make the waters particularly hazardous for those sailing over the deep waters. So I'm terrified of deep water. I'll just tell you that right now. Living up here in Alaska, we have the opportunity to go fishing for like halibut and other larger fish and I haven't brought myself to do that yet because I'm scared of going out into the deep water like I can't see how deep it is I can't see the bottom it's dark when you go far enough away from land it's just scary when we went to Boston a few years ago um, we went whale watching and that was scary for me because you couldn't see land anymore we went far enough out And that's just not my cup of tea, really. Plus, I get super motion sick. So being on a boat is kind of uh, difficult for me. But in this case, if, you know, I got to see a giant squid or something, not only would it be terrifying, but it would be totally cool to see as well. Factually, we as humans know less about our oceans than we do about our solar system, which to me is just crazy because it's right here on the Earth with us. Before we started going to space, sailing far away from land, That was the scariest trip a person could make. And there's so much about the ocean that is scary. It's dark, like I said. It's deep. It's unpredictable. And it creates stories in our imagination about what does lay in the depths. And that's where the Kraken comes in. The first written about the Kraken was by King Savara of Norway in 1180. And he talks about a large squid-like monster that swims the coast of Norway Greenland, and Iceland. Since then, the Kraken has appeared in writings by Victor Hugo, Alfred Tennyson, and Jules Verne. This creature was pretty commonly found in northern Europe because of the amount of reliance the Nordic people had on the ocean for trade. So they were constantly on ships doing the trading and were experiencing more of these stories about the Kraken. Victor Hugo, he wrote about the Kraken And he wrote The Toilers of the Sea in 1866. And the main character of the book had a terrifying experience with an octopus. And it wraps itself around his body and almost kills him. And in the book, Hugo writes an entire chapter outside of the main plot to describe how terrifying these, quote, devil fish were. He even goes as far as to say the creature can suck blood with their tentacles after wrapping themselves around a person and drowning them. He also said these animals are indeed phantoms as much as monsters, and they are proved and yet improbable. So in 1734, 
Danish missionary Hans Edge, he wrote in his journal that he was aboard a ship that encountered what sounds to be like a kraken. And in his entry dated July 6, 1734, he wrote about a, quote, most terrible creature resembling nothing that he had ever seen before. And the creature had lifted its head out of the water, which was taller than the crow's nest on the ship. So for those of us that didn't know where that is on a ship, because I had to look it up, it's a structure in the upper part of the main mast that is used as a lookout point. So it kind of looks like a barrel. He wrote that the creature was using its giant fins and tentacles to propel itself through the water. That was a new one. I hadn't heard of the Kraken having giant fins before. Um, So apparently its tentacles were allegedly longer than the ship. And I've seen drawings of this specific account. And it looks, you know, exactly how we picture the Kraken to look with the long tentacles wrapped around the ship. Like the cliche Kraken look is this specific account. And there are real stories of octopus drowning people. And many of which occur in the 19th century which is kind of around the same time as Hugo, Tennyson, and Verne wrote in their Kraken stories. Verne wrote 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, um, where the captain, his name is Nemo, and his crew are attacked by 10 or 12 of these like horrible monsters, and they're described as giant octopus, and there's a pretty chaotic fight scene where the crew is defending itself against these monsters with simply like hatchets and harpoons, And it's like inky and messy. It's just a rough, chaotic scene. And then in 1848, a number of men were aboard the Navy's HMS Daedalus, I think is how you pronounce it, when they encountered the same weird sea creature. Uh, Captain Peter McQuay wrote that it it was an, quote, enormous serpent, a dark brown color with a yellow throat. He said that it had what looked like a mane of a horse or seaweed on its back that wrapped around in the water like tentacles. And then Tennyson that I mentioned before, he wrote an 1862 poem called The Kraken, where he writes that the monster is seen as an apocalyptic force that will rise from, quote, his ancient dreamless uninvaded sleep one day. So these are all super older, 1800s and older. So these aren't new accounts yet. So this is basically the base of when Kraken storytelling became a thing. And I feel like this creature is a little more tangible as to why people thought there was one because, you know, there's the giant squid and the colossal squid. And before science is what it is today, before that, you know, we didn't have the proof to show that these kraken are or are not real the giant squid and the colossal squid are two living cephalopods that can be found in every ocean on earth so it wouldn't take much to stretch the truth about them making them into a much bigger story the giant squid they measure up to about 43 feet in length and the current record for the colossal squid is 49 feet in length so that's the ones that have been measured which there's only been about 500 in history that have been measured. So imagine all of the species of giant colossal squids and there's only been 500 measured. Just imagine the ones that haven't been measured yet. And the largest colossal squid, it weighed a thousand pounds. So compare that to a ship 
you know, I can imagine where their imagination went wild or their storytelling went wild. Kind of like, you know, the forest stories where, you know, they're sitting around a campfire and they're talking and things just, you know, get out of hand with their imagination. I feel like this is just like that, but on a ship instead. While researching about these, I knew, of course, that they had suckers on their tentacles, you know, like an octopus does. I didn't know, though, that they have, that the squids have barbed hooks on their tentacles as well. And I saw pictures of these, and they're only like a couple inches big, but they're like actual hooks on their tentacles, which is scary. And of course, they're very fast swimmers. I feel like with their size and the strength of their tentacles, they probably have to be pretty fast swimmers. In 1870, a giant squid washed up in New Zealand, and it was said to be as tall as a ship's main mast. So we talked about that a little bit, that on the ship is the main mast. It's like the main pole that comes up from the center of the ship, and that it could take over a ship by crushing the hull. So that thought process of how large it was, I mean, that makes it a little bit easier to imagine these things taking down ships. Um, Moving forward in time, in 2005, two Japanese marine biologists discovered what they believed to be the kraken. Um, While using bait, they captured pictures of a rare species called Architus, and this species is known to seize bait with extreme force. And it was about 30 feet in length. I think that this species probably is closer to the kraken, because it's aggressive, like highly aggressive, which would explain why the Kraken attack ships. I feel like why would, out of all of the food, the fish, everything in the ocean that the giant squid or Kraken could eat, why would they have to go after humans? That's my question, anyway. It wasn't until 2012, though, uh, when the first colossal squid was recorded on video. So that seems pretty late to the game, and it kind of surprised me while I was reading it, but that's steady research of finding out like they had 2005 2006 they had pictures but in 2012 was when they got video of it they view the kraken as just an angrier hungrier much larger version of the squid so it's like there's the giant squid and there's the colossal squid and then there's the kraken when you you're going up in size the scientists recorded this on camera by which this part is pretty cool by lowering a camera 2,000 feet below the sea south of Japan. And they also dropped a custom lure, which they called E-Jelly. And it basically was like a small spinning ring of neon blue lights, which I actually saw this video. And that was attached to a mechanical arm. And this lure would move in ways like mimicking a bioluminescent jellyfish. Uh, and they didn't want to use real jellyfish as bait, um, and they didn't want to attract other predators. They wanted just the squid. They used this lure, and it would mimic uh, the jellyfish, and it worked and attracted this giant squid, which the squid eventually wrapped itself around the bait and then eventually attacked the camera. So that was pretty pretty cool to watch. The kraken does appear in nonfiction as well, talking about squid corpses beginning in the 14th century. Sperm whales are the natural predator of giant squid, so pieces of this creature have been found in their stomachs, and they even sometimes get scars of huge sucker marks on their faces from a squid, like trying to fight them off from eating them. I didn't think that a sperm whale could move fast enough to be a predator of this squid, but apparently that's a thing. To help feed the stories, unintentionally, this one was, I've seen this picture too, 
unintentionally, Google Earth recorded a picture of what is said to be a kraken. So taken off the coast of Deception Island in Antarctica, the image kind of shows some gray, huge creature with a big roundish head and tentacles. It is hard to tell in the picture what it is, but like the waves around it and like the current around it is up to 96 feet long. So they've actually measured to try to figure out what this is. And so that's quite a big splash for something that's not a large creature. And so that made people think it was the Kraken. In 2020, a dead giant squid washed ashore in South Africa and resident Adele Gross came across it with her husband. They were out for a walk and at first she tried to save its life But then she got closer and she realized that it was dead already. And apparently the night before they spotted like big swells in the water and they were determined to try to figure out how it died, you know, thinking that maybe a predator had kind of pushed it up onto land or that it was trying to swim away and got stuck up on land on the beach. So some facts about the stories of the Kraken. So in, you know, the 17th century, if sailors saw gurgling bubbles or surfacing fish, or a bunch of jellyfish, like a plethora of jellyfish. They knew something was, you know, happening lower than these fish, and forcing them to come up and out of the way. While fleeing sea life always preceded the kraken's approach, their appearance unfortunately didn't give sailors enough time to get out of the way. So you would see these fish fleeing, and the jellyfish fleeing away, and you're like, oh, maybe I should too, but because of the speed, the kraken or the monster it would get the people on the ship as well so as these immense creatures are not likely to surface it's more likely that the ancient sailors confused something else in the water for krakens i researched as to why there would be bubbles coming up and a lot of stuff that i saw was because of underwater volcanic activity and that can cause you know ships to sink or get sucked under, that type of thing. And I think stories probably just spread of the Kraken to make sense of it all. As far as movies about the Kraken, there's a bunch of them. Some of the most common are Kraken, Tentacles of the Deep, that was made in 2006. Uh, There's The Eye of the Beast, which was a TV movie in 2007. Uh, They do talk about the Kraken in Pirates of the Caribbean. A couple of the ones from that series, they talk about it. There's also a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea movie. Um, it's in the animated movie Atlantis, Milo's Return. And it is mentioned in the 1981 version and the 2010 version of Clash of the Titans. That's where the little clip in the beginning of Release the Kraken came from. Then as far as merch... I didn't know this until I was researching, but Seattle's hockey team is the Kraken. That's the mascot. And I included the website to their gear if you are interested in looking at that. I looked at some of it. Pretty cool how it has it on there. Um, They have like a big S on the front for Seattle. Uh, Lots of blue colors. Per the use, I look up alcohol. I don't drink, but I like, I think it's cool, the different types of alcohol and brands and names and recipes that, you know, people can come up with for their alcohol or businesses can. And there's actually a rum brand named after the Kraken. And the, on the website, they like go through the history of the Kraken as well. And the story that they tell for their rum is that 
The legend has it that there was a ship that was carrying spiced rum from the Caribbean and was attacked by a monstrous kraken. The beast thrust upon the ship its massive limbs, plunging the vessel and the men on board into impenetrable darkness. Apparently, all of the barrels of rum were destroyed except for one, which was badly stained by the squid's black ink. It was dubbed the Kraken Rum, and it is known as a liquid of unparalleled darkness. There's a drink recipe on the website, too, that is called the Cephalo Punch. I thought that was a funny pun. And it's where you mix their Kraken Original and pineapple juice and grenadine and put a little umbrella on it because you on the beach. So I included their website so you can check that out if you want to in the show notes. I was just trying to find other facts on the Kraken, and apparently Kraken.com is a way to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, that type of thing. I'm not into that, but I just thought it was interesting that of all websites, that that would be the name of a website for them. And I also didn't know, this was a fun one for me, was also didn't know that as of January 9th, so two days ago, there was a new strain of COVID dubbed the Kraken because it has the dominance over previous strains of the virus, and it was found in western Pennsylvania. So I thought that was pretty interesting, too. I by no means chose today for that reason, but I just thought it was ironic timing. So yeah, that's what I have on the Kraken for today. Um, Like I said, coming up next week is another part of the ocean sea creature series that we're going to do. I'm thinking I'll probably do mermaids and sirens together so we can compare and contrast them in the same episode. Like I said in the beginning, if you have suggestions of sea creatures, please let me know. You can message me on Facebook at Nightmares at Midnight Podcast page, or you can email us at Nightmares at Midnight Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know some ideas of what you're thinking for sea creatures. If you have some, I'm not stuck, you know, in the Norwegian or, you know, I'm not stuck in a specific time, era, or location. So if you have different creatures from different parts of the world that you know about, please let me know because I'd love to research them. And I just wanted to touch on something personal real quick before I let you guys go today. A few of you have reached out to me to ask how I'm doing after surgery that I had in November. Um, Some of you that know me personally, know my family personally, know that uh, William and I are going through IVF treatment. If you don't know what that is, it's in vitro where we're trying to have another child. We each have one of our own, but we're desperately trying to have a child together. And we are raising money for that fundraising as much as we can. We're going through the process right now where I'm already taking meds and um, we'll soon be making a trip to Colorado Springs to go through the retrieval and transfer. But I was suggested to let you guys know on here that if you're wanting to donate to our cause, you can go on gofundme.com. If you type in IVF funding for baby batten which is spelled b-a-t-t-e-n if you go in there and check that out you can see the spot to donate there's a spot where you can read about our story with what's happening you can see a picture of us and if you would like to donate to the cause all of that goes directly to like our hotel stay and the meds and the process itself just want to thank everybody who has donated to our cause already This is a stressful time in our lives, but we're super hopeful 
So thanks for being there for us in our personal lives and with the podcast. I just greatly appreciate everybody that's out there. So thanks for tuning into this episode and catch us next time.